Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker, joined, as I always am, by the other generation, my dad, Jack Brinker. How you doing today, Dad? I'm doing fine. Can I represent the young generation today? Sure. You can be the young generation, <laughs> and I'll be the old generation. I tell you what, I've been feeling like it. I've had all kinds of neck and back pain that just been, you know, interfering with sleep, and it just won't go away. Um so anyway, I'm gonna see somebody about it this week. So hopefully, hopefully we can find a resolution that well, you know doesn't in, in, involve you know taking a pill if I can. But you know, I think you've hit on the the main thing though. It's not age; it's what ailments you have that come and go and yeah, and stay and whatever you know. Yeah, that's what makes you feel bad. And yeah, no, I agree. I you know I think sometimes too is is as you get older, and I'm sure you've experienced this. There's a sort of sense amongst the people you go to in the medical community to just go, well, that's part of getting old. Deal with it, you know, yeah. as opposed to, oh, well, that's, let's try <laughs> to solve that problem, you know, um, which is a little frustrating. It's like, you know, no, it doesn't have to be. Let's deal with it. Let's figure out what the root cause is and let's try to solve it. And if that means I need to physically do something different, then I'll do that different thing. And if it means, you know, I have, you know, lacking yeah. this or so you know I, I i'm willing to take action i don't like the idea of like well you know that's your new reality you just have to deal with that you know well I, you know I, I actually it's it's almost the opposite i i get my care through the va mm -hmm. and, and it's not that there aren't some young veterans you know people with some especially those who have really bad injuries mm -hmm. you know uh but uh, the largest part of the population mm -hmm. is up there you know maybe yeah. not in my category but yeah. Anyway, uh, but but the doctors are amazingly aggressive. Yeah. And I I really like that. Yeah. You know? you know, and I say that. I mean, my doctors. I haven't had anybody tell me. You know, tough. You know, if I show up and I'm willing to try to deal with something, then they're going to work with me to get it taken care of. It's just yeah. just sort of an overall sort of societal sense, I guess, is more what I'm talking about. Because my I don't want to yeah. complain about my doctors. I'm very happy with with the medical care that I get. Well. And, well, you know, yeah. uh, uh, especially I've, I've noticed if I bring it up, anything mm -hmm. that I bring up, man, that puts it right at number one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If it's top of your mind, then it will become top of our mind, which is, which is good. That's yeah. what you want from your, from your, uh, doctors. Yeah. Right. So I'm, you know? I'm, I, 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 I know the uh, VA has taken yeah. a lot of criticism in the past, but it shouldn't be because of the doctors, because yeah. I mean, uh, I've just really yeah. been quite happy with the. Yeah, it's those administrators. Administrators, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody loves oh. an administrator <laughs> in any profession. It's just, you know, talk yeah. to teachers. Who are the root of all the problems and root of all evil in, in education? Administrators. Right. <laughs> yeah, those business types that, yeah. you know. The people who don't actually do the work, they just tell the people who do the work how to do it. You know, it's like, well, you know, <laughs> if you knew how to do it, you'd be doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, a couple things I wanted to share. One is, uh, just for those who care, tomorrow starts Amazon's Prime Day, so July 11th and 12th. Now, um, you know, we don't have any sponsorships or anything through uh, Amazon or Amazon Prime. But, uh, you know, every year there's, you know, if you're, if you're looking to buy something that, you know, is one of the kind of things that Amazon carries, which means anything in your house, um, you know, shy of like a house itself or a car, pretty much Amazon sells it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they do have some good deals on their prime days. It's, it's been noted in the past that a lot of their good deals are on 
Amazon products, you know, on Amazon Echoes or Amazon, sure. uh, you know, Fire tablets or whatever, uh, Kindle tablets, those kind of things, which, which one would expect those are the things where the best deals are because they control the entire ecosystem there. But they do have good prices on other stuff, and I know that there are some people who just wait until, uh, you know, Prime Days or they do the same kind of thing, you know, like on, um, on uh, what was it? E Mondays, right, right before Christmas, right? Yeah, um, yeah, but 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 you got to know that the Amazon stuff that's lower priced, that's what they call a clearance sale. They just don't call it that anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, not always because they introduce some new stuff in the fall, you know, and then they may have that same new stuff. But you're right; they maybe are clearing it out because they're going to introduce new stuff this fall. Who knows? You know, it's it's. Yeah. Whatever you know, it's if you want it and and you're shopping for it, then it might behoove you, especially in the last you know thirty days or so, to wait and see if you can get a better deal on Prime Day. Um, that said, Amazon does have thirty day no questions asked return policy, right? So if you bought something in the last thirty days and you look at it on Prime Day and it's a better deal, you can buy it again and return the old one. Uh, you know, yep. So. Uh, save yourself some money. So it's probably worth taking a look at Amazon to see what's out there and, uh, and make a decision about that stuff. I've been, uh, you know, I, I still, uh, try to bowl on, on, uh, on a weekly basis in a league and my plastic spare ball, I realized yesterday is it's now 20 something years old. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but it has about a two inch long, very hairline crack in the ball. And so uh, the more it bangs against pins and stuff, the more likely it is it's just going to come apart. So I got to find a new bowl, uh, a new plastic spare ball. And being a being a Packer fan, I thought I would look and see what's I've available. Got a, I've got a question for you. Being yeah. a bowler, this morning one of my uh, clues was bowling, and I could not figure out what the heck it was. Mm -hmm. So it ends up being the last of the seven words that I'm solving. Oh, your seven and, little words puzzle. Yeah, seven I, little words puzzle. And I, I just do that. I've been doing it for years. Yeah. And just, you know, got in the habit. I have and, a routine every morning. I do Wordle. I do a yeah. thing called Not Words. Then I do this other, like, uh, geometric puzzle. And then I do the first of the seven little words puzzles. They give you five a day, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I always do the first one. And then if I feel like it, I do the others. But I, my, uh, my goal is to do the three other puzzles and the first word puzzle. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, the, the last puzzle today had this one clue of bowling, mm -hmm. and it turned out to be candle pins. I oh. had never heard of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Candle pins. Must be a really tiny pin or something. Huh? Um, I think that's the nine-pin bowling um, as opposed to ten-pin bowling. There's They call those candle pins, and it's because they, they don't have the, the, uh, the, the big body and then the little head on it. It's basically uh, just a small straight. Uh, body. There's no head on it, and it's smaller. Oh. So it goes over pins. with a, just a little touch, you know, a little well, breeze they, going you know, by, and it'll fall over. Well, but they also <laughs> roll a much smaller ball. Uh, instead of oh. an eight-inch ball, it's, oh, uh, it's like a five- or four-and-a-half-inch ball. It's like the size of a softball. Uh, yeah. and that you grip, there's no holes in it, like a 10 pin bowling ball. Oh, I so, see, yeah. uh, and back East, there's places, uh, especially the Northeast, you know, uh, and, and into Pittsburgh, even we had, there was a couple, um, candle pin bowling places. So they're, you know, they're still around. It's just, it's, you know, bowling in general is not as popular as it was, you know, 40 years ago. And, yeah. um, and, uh, and then certainly the, the derivatives of 10 pin bowling are probably less popular. Yeah. You know, 10-pin bowling, the, the Pro Bowlers Association is still on, I think, Fox, you know, and so you can follow yeah. those guys if you want to 
you know, if you're a fan of the sport. Yeah, uh, but but in general, bowling around here and mm-hmm. this country just means the same thing to everybody. You know, it's 10, 10, ten pin bowling alley, right? Ten Everybody's pin bowling there. alley is is the generally accepted mean if you just say bowling without any you know modifiers. But like yeah. I said, there are places, especially in smaller towns, where there are still the the nine pin or the candlestick pin uh, uh, bowling alleys. And yeah. uh, when I lived in Pittsburgh, there was one near us, and I always wanted to go down and try it, and never did. Uh, huh. uh, but I always thought it would be fun to go, you know, play candlepin bowling and, and roll it. What I've noticed is too that while bowling as a as a um, sport is not huge, there's a very uh, very uh, dedicated fan base that does that, and they have national championships and. And it's and the, and and I'm involved with that, but there are but the bowling alleys. A lot of them, um, a lot of the Brunswick and AM, AMF bowling alleys have been bought up by a company called Bolero, who also then bought the PBA, and they make their their uh, the bowling alleys more arcade-like, more of a like a date night kind of thing, yeah. and they seem to be doing really well. They've really revitalized bowling alleys, and there's a lot of people going to them. I have not been to one recently that didn't have. A whole bunch of people lining up to come in and bowl and have some pizza or some beer and soda with the kids and yeah. you know birthday parties and um, it's just it's it's you know they've they kind of changed its its audience instead of you know you would have thought that hey you, what you want to do is attract league bowlers right because they come in sure. every single week and they will buy things from your snack bar and from your bar and you know yeah yeah uh, like, leagues have got to be the lifeblood of bowling alleys. so well you would have thought that but it seems like bolero in a lot of their centers has de-emphasized leagues they still support the leagues it's not like they're turning them off they want the leagues there obviously but mm-hmm. that they've really focused on getting in and they advertise in the community as a Hey, this is a fun thing to do. Just like you would go to an amusement park or go to a um, uh, an arcade or something, you know, because they have an arcade in virtually all of these things. Uh, on top of the the uh, mm-hmm. you know the the bowling center itself, and and uh, anyway, I'm happy to see they're doing well, and I want them to be healthy and do that because I enjoy uh, bowling when when I'm physically not in pain, and. Uh, you know, and it's just, it's 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 a fun game for those who want to do it, and so I'm glad they're still out there. So, yeah. you know, go bowling, yeah. And uh, then the other thing I wanted to announce, I happened to look at the calendar the other day, and guess what? This Wednesday is the twelfth. The twelfth of July. Yeah, I have no idea. It is our third anniversary of doing Generation Tech. Really? Yeah. But that at it that long, huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, today's episode is episode 136. You know, we, we had a weekly episodes with a few skips, and then we also had some, you know, some extra episodes. Occasionally we would do more than one in a week. Uh, yeah. And when we first launched it, I think we did three episodes before I posted any of them because I thought, you know, rather than just put one up, we should put a few up initially. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's what we did. But anyway, I huh. just I saw that and went, wow, three years. Huh. Yeah. Time flies, huh? You got them all still online? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're all available for download. Anybody who wants to listen to any of the episodes can go and download them. Might be Uh, fun to go back and play the first or one or two or something to see what we sound like, you know? Maybe our voice is aged. You know, what does three years do? I actually have played with them a little bit. And and what I've noticed is not so much that our voices have aged, but the... um, 
the our recording equipment has changed and you can tell audibly that it has changed. And then also there were segments of time where I wasn't like each week I didn't listen to the recording before I posted it. Mm-hmm. And and that would go on for like, you know, four or five episodes. And sometimes there would be a noise or something that I didn't pick up on. And then I'd listen and go, oh, shoot. And then I'd p- fix it. So we have some episodes that have some noise in the background and things like that. You know, it was like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't like yeah. you couldn't hear us. It was just, you know, me being just technical hyper, stuff. Yeah, hypercritical. Um, you know, there were a few recordings where there was kind of a weird, like, uh, echo. We sounded like we were in a in a big room talking. Uh-huh. Um, and, I, yeah. and I think what it was was a uh, uh, instance where either you or I had, like, speakers on in the room, and so the mic would pick up. Us oh, saying no. something, and then the you know the the reverb of the of the speaker saying it in the room too. So that, you know, things like that that you know they happen. Bouncing around, they happen. <laughs> but anyway, three years. Congratulations! I didn't you know when we started this, it was just sort of a hey, let's get together and talk each week and see how it goes. Yeah. And uh, you know, here we are, three years later, still doing it. So yeah. cool. Cool. So before we came online, um, we one article we, we were debating about whether we wanted to talk about it or not, because you didn't seem to think it was a big deal. I just thought it was pretty interesting that uh, there's uh, a sort of uh, China expert that's a, a warning that, uh, you know, Janet Yellen is going to is visiting in China right now and Jeez. that. Uh, or she may be already back. She's back. She's yeah. back. <laughs> She's already back. Yeah, this was July 5th, so it's been a while. But that China has um, started putting controls on some of the different um, uh, materials minerals. that go into semiconductors, different minerals. And, you know, germanium is one of them, which is used in computer chips and plastics and, and you know, uh, imagery sensors and things like that. And gallium is used in radi- radars and radio communications. And China is the number one supplier of both of those in the world. And they have started limiting the export of those, uh, you know, outside of China and just sort of saying, well, you know, you play nice with us or, you know, or play by our rules or we're, we're just going to start slowly squeezing you. Which, uh, you know, shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, you know, countries do that back and forth to each other all the time. Um, But it does mean that the world is sort of scrambling for alternative sources. You know, what it also means is the world will be scrambling for alternative ways to make some of these things so that they don't rely on those specific minerals. So, I mean, it could turn out to backfire on China if if we move on, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that always happens. Yeah. But... uh... Anyway, this this is an old thing that uh, back, way back when I was in the military, I got out in '81, so and I was in for 21 years. There were it was a constant kind of thing where there's yeah. always somebody needling somebody else on imports or exports, and it's yeah. all comes down to part of the negotiation of, you know, how we what what our relationship will be, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. One uh, uh, anonymous chip maker. Uh, said that they felt like China's gallium move was more like a message that they can hit back rather than intending to be a real punch. So it was just sort of a hey, you know, as yeah. opposed to a. But that's serious... one man's perspective, you know. A- exactly. How... Yeah. Yeah. But statistically, it says that China produces 61% of the natural graphite and uh, 98% of the final processed material that is used to make EV battery anodes. So yeah. that that could be very impactful. 
um, in terms of, you know, that particular industry. You know, you can see EVs sort of like suddenly grind to a halt and everybody's running gas machine cars again because the batteries become difficult yeah. to make because China's not letting the graphite out. Um, so, yes. so it, some, some would say we have our own system for this in terms of uh, markets in the United States because very often presidents uh, favor uh, it's called neo-capitalism, I think is a term. Uh, and that is, is that they, they pull the chains for their favorite companies, you know, in terms of regulations and, mm -hmm. and business and all that, even though the actual people working on the ground, they've got all these written rules that they cannot uh, uh, have any, you know, bias toward one guy or another. So we had fair competitions and stuff. Right. But at the top level, that doesn't work because... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just uh, just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I said, you know, other things happen, like, you know, the, the Democratic Republic of Congo says that they're uh, uh, they've got mines that uh, create uh, that produce germanium that are they're you know, expanding and, and going online with new stuff and that they could, you know, start filling the gap in production. Oh, and they will. They will. Um, you know, and it's in fact, not, yeah. Business, business opportunity. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing is, you know, it's like just because the, the um, you know, China's producing that amount of it now doesn't mean they have the only supply of it in the world. It just means they're the only ones who are are uh, actively mining it right now. But that doesn't mean that everybody else won't go, well, now we got to start digging somewhere else, you know. Yeah. So. So, like I said, it's it's a you know it's it's and I and they know that too, obviously, right? So they they don't want to you know be too belligerent in in withholding stuff because they want to be able to sell it. They want that money, right? So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting push pull tug uh, across the uh, entire planet in terms of of access to you know, desired materials and, and how you get them and where they come from. But, you know, uh, another one that is not a part of this story, but it's been kind of in the news is the concern for the low supply of, uh, is it titanium for batteries for EVs? Uh, anyway, the, it's a in short supply in China even, uh, and they're, they're going to start digging at the, uh, in California at the, uh, uh, the sea out there, what's it called? The Salton Sea. Salton Sea. Yeah, they got mm -hmm. they they discovered they got lots and lots of it. They think to underground to set up mm -hmm. production facilities, so that that ought to really benefit. Yeah, California. so they can pollute the Salton Sea even more than it's already. Oh yeah, of course. The Salton Sea is a mess. Anybody who's you know, there's that there was that movie <laughs> Salton Sea that made it look sort of like. Uh, a resort, uh, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was a resort, you know, in the 50s. But the thing is, is that it was basically just fed by runoff and it's it's been constantly shrinking. And now it's so salty that nothing well, lives in it except brine fly larvae. So there's flies all over the place and it stinks. And, and, and That's right. When I was out there, the odor was awful. You yeah. didn't want to be close to the place. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, you know, and there's been several different... Uh, conversations around trying to revive that as a uh, viable body of water for recreation but it's just it's it's pretty gross yeah, yeah. I, I I think the deposits of the uh, metal or whatever it is they're going after I can't just doesn't come to me now uh, but anyway it's I believe a little south of the Salton Sea so right. it really is not right in the 
the yeah. Mess. And, you know, and I, I have no idea what they, you know, if they would be polluting the, the Salton Sea more than it already is or not. I, I just know that mining does have, uh, you know, ecological impacts. And so you've got to, you know, wonder what that is. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, you balance that against the needs of whatever it is you got to go get, right? So, yep. So iPad Pros with 11-inch and 13-inch OLED displays expected to enter mass production early next year. So we've been talking about that for quite a while. Uh, you know, they've, they've been still using um, uh, traditional, um, you know, twisted panel LED displays in iPads. Yep. Um, although the current generation of, of 12 point or 13 inch, whatever you want, 12.9 inch, uh, the big one, uh, has a, a higher end, uh, one that has a, uh, you know, the, uh, very granular backlighting in order to get it, um, you know, super bright and HDR yeah. quality, but not in the 11 inch, but, uh, well, if, if it's anything like my television experience, mm -hmm. you, you can quickly become an OLED fan. Yeah, and, and you see that enthusiasm everywhere on on the web from all the techies, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, OLED has you know it has a few drawbacks. It does have some burn-in issues, but it's um, but you know each generation gets better and better in that, and they get brighter and brighter, and the blacks are blacker, and the yeah. There's no doubt it's it's a a winning technology right now for for uh, screens. The yep. question I thought I would have for you is. Does this interest you at all? Are you thinking now? Nah, I just want the the virtual iPad in my Vision Pro headset. Well, I posted another thing regarding the the new uh, computer, mm -hmm. uh, spatial computer, and uh, uh, it's you know it's just talking about phasing things in and where they're going to introduce it and how it's going to roll out, and so it's kind of interesting to follow. Uh, I just don't know how soon I'll need one. And, and, uh, you know, this, I won't say I'm not interested because I may end up getting one of these right. and, and just bail on the the other idea for a while Yeah. because I, I'm thinking, you know, uh, probably two years now, really, before I'll be able to realistically get the space computer, you know? Right. Well, I'm wondering how many uh, how many are even going to be available on the you know front end. They they seem to be setting the expectations low in terms of availability, just you know because of the number they're going to be able to produce. Um, exactly. And then the hoops you have to jump through to get it, you know, going in and getting fitted and all of that for it, you know. And I keep thinking too, do you want to sit with a thing on your face for for well, very long, you know? Well, I I was just going to get to that, you know, after you. You, you hear the reviews and, and the actual uh, capabilities and versus the downsides of people who actually have them in their homes, then you'll have a lot of information that'll affect your decision, you know? Yeah. And so I, I don't want to be number one in line, you know? I, yeah. I'm, I'm not that venturous. I'm too conservative. Yeah. But so, uh, and, and those first people in line are going to be, maybe in the first half of next year, but right. probably even in the second half, really. Well, you think uh, about it, it's like uh, when, when the iPhone came out, the original iPhone, you know, didn't have apps. It was a 2G phone when they had already introduced 3G phones for a while. And so I didn't get the original iPhone. I didn't get the iPhone until the, the 3G came out and they had the faster network and, uh, and they had redesigned it. Um, and, but I did get the very first iPad uh, and I got the first mm -hmm. watch, 
But, you know, those combined were, you know, less than, you know, uh, what, about an eighth of what the headset's going to cost and what the Vision <laughs> Pro's going to cost. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I go, well, you know, I mean, a $200 watch. And I've always bought the, you know, the aluminum, the cheapest watch because they're, you know, the guts are the same in every body. So why, right. you know, I right. saw no reason to buy a stainless steel watch and certainly wasn't interested in a gold one. Or for a while they were selling a um, uh, ceramic one. Um, yeah. you know, and they just, that didn't appeal to me at all because I, I knew that I'm going to be lusting after the next well, technology I, I, upgrade before this thing is, yeah. you know, well, I got the nicer one for your mom because it was a birthday present, you know? Yeah. So, and I didn't figure that she's going to want to change very often cause she doesn't, you know, she just, if right. she likes it, that's yeah. fine. And that was like the second or third generation too, where they had kind of, Right. You know, shaken out all of the the big changes, and now it was just sort of we know what the watch is, so you know yeah. it. The, the upgrades are going to be mostly in the software anyway. Uh, mm -hmm. And in fact, that third generation watch up until last year was still being sold. So that tells you how long it you know it had a pretty yeah. long life in terms of um, uh, support. You know, yeah. can you imagine? You know, they introduced that. I don't even remember what they called it, but they had a very expensive one uh, when they first yeah. came out. And the gold cost, one. Yeah. Can you imagine getting a version one and that thing? And <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it might be uh, a, a good uh, yeah. museum piece someday, you know? Maybe. Well, I know there are a few that. people out there that are still wearing a version one of the I, I, or the Apple Watch and, and are happy with it. But yeah, it was slow. The battery did not last even a whole day. It was just, there was a lot of issues with that first one. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I always think of the iPad too. I I still have the first generation iPad, and it is so much bigger and so much heavier and so less friendly to use than the very next version. Yep. Like they they almost immediately did a redesign on that and cut out a lot of weight and a lot of just clunkiness. Yeah. Um, you know, even though it continued to you know upgrade to new OSs for quite a while, that first generation was pretty quickly. You know, it seemed like the old heavy clunky and the nice newness, you know, oh yeah, was, was a substantial upgrade. It's always a really tough decision to make as to when to jump to a, a new version of something. Yeah. You know, something sig significant to you that is really worth the, uh, the cost that you're paying uh, yeah. to upgrade. Yeah. Well, see, what you need to do is spend that $3,500 to get that schmancy headset and then never take it out of the box. And in 10 years, it'll be worth <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> Have you seen yeah. that in the news recently? There were a couple uh, Generation 1 iPhones still brand new sealed in the box. And they were yeah. selling for six figures. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, like, there's crazies out there who insist, yeah. you know... I mean, why spend anything on something that never gets used? Yeah. I remember just... that phone was like an $800 phone initially, and that was in a day and a time when nobody paid for phones. The phone payment was just part of your monthly subscription Perfect, with your, yeah. your service, and people's jaw hit the floor when they said, wait a minute, i got to spend $800? And then, like, within a month, they dropped it to, like, four ninety nine because mm -hmm. Apple realized. In fact, I think they even did some refunds to people who had bought it at, at seven ninety nine. Uh you know, just because it was like, yeah, that's just way ridiculously expensive. And yet they sold tons of them, you know? Yep. You know, a well, few, few years ago, I actually went and bought one for like 25 bucks off of, um, off of like eBay. So I have one. So I've got yeah. like one of each body style. 
you know, from, from the years. So I've got the, the, the one, the, the three G or three G and three GS were the same. Then the four was the first one that had the flat sides, which was really nice, but it was a very heavy phone cause it was glass front and glass back. Uh, and then the five was one of my favorite phones ever. That was the first one that was kind of a little bit different size. They went taller. It was skinny. Yeah. And it had an aluminum back. It was I remember when I picked it up, I, I literally turned to the guy in the Apple store and said, Is this just a, a mock up or is this the real phone? And the guy goes, No, that's it. It was like stunningly light compared oh, to the to the four. Previous, yeah. Yeah. Um and I loved that phone. And then the uh and then the six was the first one that, that went big. You know, you could get a big phone yeah. and even the basic phone was bigger. It went wider this time. Uh and that was pretty much the 7 and the 8 were, were better versions of that. I really liked my 7. That was the first one that didn't have a real button on the front. It had a it faked you out into thinking there was a button there, but it wasn't really a button. Mm. Um, and then the 10, which is the one you had, which is the first one that didn't have any button. It was Face ID. And yep. that was a, a sea change in the way you used the device, right? I, I loved it until the doggone pa pandemic and the masking. Yeah. You know, that, that was, was a pain. the downside. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd have my mask on walking through the grocery store, uh, you know, and I'd literally like pull my mask down, unlock it, and then slide my mask back up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I remember early on when we weren't sure what was going on, like you pull the mask down and hold your breath real quick while you get this, unlock your stupid phone. I finally went in and changed it to say, you know, don't lock it, you know, right away. And, uh, and I, and ask for my, uh, the ID right away so that I can just type it in. Yeah. But, you know, after you've done that eight or nine times walking through the grocery store, that got to be old too. Well, now they got it so that they, they can, uh, you can set it up just to recognize the up upper part of your head right. you know, just yeah to... they they got to that the first the first step in making it easier was unlock with your watch which that was wonderful right. that really yeah. solved most of the problem as long as you have your apple watch on yep and it was already you know verified that you you know you it was you that was wearing it right. then it would um uh you know it wasn't a problem so anyhow that's uh yeah been interesting I, I what i find interesting is that we've been out of the pandemic it seems like forever now but but i'm still seeing people wearing masks yeah i well the, the one that i never got and i still see it every once in a while and it just i literally laugh out loud sometimes when i see it is somebody sitting alone in a car wearing a mask and yeah, like yeah you're by yourself you're in your car <laughs> Who are you protecting, and what are you protecting them from, or what are you protecting yourself from? The, the, I have the, I have seen they, a couple people wearing masks, and they were coughing, and I think they put the mask on to protect us from them, whatever it is they they had, and, and yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You know, if you yeah. know you're sick and you have to go out to do something, then put a mask on. That's nice. Well, well the most shocking thing to me for quite a long time is that every time I went to the VA is that you still had to wear a mask at the VA. And this was uh -huh. for sev several appointments. But finally, this last time, last week, I did not have to wear a mask. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think maybe one time before that also. Yeah. But but uh, I thought, good Lord, are these people going to wear masks the rest of their life? <laughs> the doctors are like, if I have to do it, you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know it's it's it, well, and I noticed a lot of places still have a sign up saying you know mask required, but then you get in there, and nobody's wearing a mask, so it's like they still right. have, they haven't taken the signage down. <laughs> well, well, in in uh, in my last visit, I they just put optional up there. Yeah, uh, 
So anyway, <clears throat> that's yeah. not very technical stuff. No, Let's get on the good my, stuff. Here. My feeling is to each their own. So anyway, I guess our feeling on the on the Vision Pro is is that it it's not going to be a, a a viable product to the masses for a while after this first gen comes out, whether it be, you know, discounts on the first gen or a second gen that comes out that makes it more, more uh, of a thing well, that people will, will want. Well, once the first gen is actually available, we'll start to see then the, the rumor talk about the second, second gen. Yeah. <laughs> then that, that'll, you know, if that gets pushed out way out, then, mm-hmm. then you say, well, you know, it's either that or a cost reduction, but I want to see what the sure. what they're talking about as, as yeah. features of the next gen. Yeah, uh, and I suspect even at their high price, is they're going to be able to sell as many as they can make of this first one because there's a bunch of, you know, early adopter Apple fans, and then there's developers who are going to say, "Well, I got to have one so I can, you know, you know, you you've got an emulator, but you can't really emulate a completely different type of environment. Yep. You you really need to have the device." Uh, it yeah. does seem like Apple is, um, uh, or uh, Apple is uh, providing some places where you can go and you know test though. Yeah, well, uh, they're really getting serious about you know the training people as to what all is important to customize fit these things because it's right. going to be the sort of the first real customized system, and you got to go into a store to get it. Right. And only only the major centers like Los Angeles and New York get the first ones, you know, and mm. and so you know I I don't even have a store here right now, but yeah. when that's up, maybe then we'll we'll see one, yeah, uh, them available there. But you know, yeah, clearly they're going to you know in in order for this thing to not be just annoying as all get out, they're going to be very customized to your face so that the fit and finish is perfect. And they're going to scan your face and you know in high resolution so that they can have that um, that little avatar type thing you know for FaceTime that looks a yeah. lot like you. Yeah, I, that remains to be seen too. How well that works to me, that just seems a little. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, if it's not darn near perfect, then they're better off just letting us use the the emojis. You know, instead of the actual, you know, don't try to make it look like me because if, if it doesn't really look like me then everybody's just going to freak out and go like, just take that stupid thing off your face and just talk to us with a camera. They're they're just going to use your your scan and it'll look like you. So that's what they're going to do. We'll see. You know, uh, I've watched movies where they have tried to, you know, with, with, with millions of dollars of, of funding, try to make, you know, a person who's no longer with us look like they're in this movie. And I'm telling you, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you look at it and it just looks like they're made out of like they're from Madame Tussauds or something. They're made out of wax. It doesn't look right. Well, um, the, the so technologies we'll technologies here to do that these days. It's just it's it's a the abuse is sure. the biggest concern. Yeah, and it's getting better and better all the time. It's getting better yeah. and better all the time. But yeah, does that mean that um, that if somebody else gets into uh, into the the Vision Pro? That they can then do a FaceTime with my avatar, or people think. No, no, that's the beauty of having yeah. everything on the single single chip. There's right. no ex- external access that you can steal just a piece of it. Right. You, know, you got to yeah. you just well take the whole damn thing because, and you can't tear the chip apart and get to any. Sure. And they're gonna part. do you know what they say iris scans. So you know, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody visiting can't pick up my Vision Pro and put it on and, and then it, pretend like they're me. It'll, it'll be like a rock to anybody else. It's, yeah. It, yeah. So well, I, I understand there's a guest mode. So if somebody else puts it on, it'll come up in guest mode so that they can at least play with it a little bit and see what, uh, what it's like. Which yeah. honestly, I think that's probably going to be the biggest selling point. Is you know, you'll yeah. somebody will yeah. have one and they'll say, "Well, here, take a look through it." And even though it doesn't fit your face quite right because it wasn't customized to you, that's when you're going to go, "Oh, now I get it. This yeah. is really cool." You know, yeah. because up until you do that, it's all well. I don't know. You know, kind of looks cool. It's like somebody telling you about something fantastic, but you can't actually see it. You know, well, for purposes you're not just purpose. Purposes of just experiencing it, I'm sure you can go just right into the Apple Tour store, pick one up, and put it on, and it'll be usable, so that you can assess. Yeah, it, it'll a lot probably of be features. in that be in that guest mode. Although and, I bet and, it's not quite that simple because they're not going to want something that's literally stuck to your face that you can just pick up and stick on. So I bet you're going to have to sign up for a demo of it, and then they will. Oh, you know, oh, some, yeah, there'll be some. you know. Controls, but. And and they'll have a special sort of like generic uh, face thing that you'll be able to put on, and it's probably throwaway, or at least it's got a throwaway component so that the part that touches your skin, they can just toss. Right. You know? I mean, they're, yep. they're going to have to have something like that because, let's face it, I, I don't want to put on a mask that's been on, you know, a hundred other greasy faces. And I have a greasy face like you, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You know, yeah. I go, I go uh, get a massage or go, uh, you know, to my acupuncturist guy and he's got that, the paper on top of the thing. And I lay down and put my face in the little hole. When I get up, you can see my face imprinted there like the shroud of Turin because of the grease on my face. <laughs> you know, It's like, yeah, okay. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We know but, that greasy guy. Yeah. But it keeps me youthful. <laughs> yeah, I have no complaints for that reason. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I've always been people, I, I tell them my age and they said, no way, you know? Yeah. So I'm pleased with that. And my mother was the same way, you know? Uh, yeah. So I, I got it honestly. Yeah. Well, I guess I did too then, huh? Uh -huh. So I, mean, I was sitting, I was at the barbershop one time and my barber was talking about the old days and telling me what it was like. And I looked at him and said, I was alive then. And he goes, well, how old are you? And I told him, and I was like, you know, eight years older than him. And he was like, no. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah, you, well, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it is kind of sad, though, that some people just have the absolute opposite characteristic. Yeah. I mean, they get wrinkled skin when they're kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's a in fact, it's some, some of it's so bad that it has a name even. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, there there are syndromes where people appear to age much more than they really are. Um, but even lacking that, I think there's a spectrum of people that just, you know, their, yeah. their skin stays youthful. And, you know, I, I think it's funny when you see some of these um, these beautiful people, you know, actors and models and stuff selling like, you know, the special serum to make your skin wonderful. And I'm like... You probably don't use any of that crap. You're just one of those people that happen to be lucky and, you know, your skin looks great. And I've seen other models and actors that as they age, they, they look like a prune. So, you know, it's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I'm sure there is some science to it. And if you don't have naturally greasy skin that, that stays, you know, flexible and pliable, that you can probably put stuff on your skin if you're, if you're dedicated about doing it that will help it 
look better over yeah. a period of time. But yeah. Anyway, anyway, get, getting back to rolling out the uh, uh, face set. Uh, yeah, Vision Pro. Space Vision Pro uh, products. It says uh, anyway before they roll them out nationwide, they're going to do them just at the two major areas I mentioned uh -huh. earlier. Yeah. And and uh, then they will also bring them to other countries as well. Yeah. But then they do say they will also sell the Vision Pro through their web store in early 24 before expanding online elsewhere. So in the mm -hmm. U.S., they will see how that will how well that works. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder uh, if you buy it online, then you have to pick it up at your local store where they then fit you. Uh, it doesn't say that. You know. Or do you you do a preliminary scan of your face using yeah. your iPhone, and that then gives them the info they need about like how to which mask, you know, which type yeah. of face seal you need to yeah. get the best fit. Yeah, but the, but the next paragraph is the most primary reason I wanted to talk about this one, and that is to push the category to more consumers. They're working on a cheaper model as well as a second generation pro version to be released in 2026. Yeah. So those are, uh, which shouldn't surprise anybody, you know, you know, at least, at least we got a date there. Yeah. The Several people show. pointed out that they use the word pro and that in, in Apple's world of products that generally pro means that there is a standard model as well somewhere. Right. Yeah, or at least right. planned. And so, um, you know, they're going to come so, out with the pro first, but that the standard model, and we've talked about this because we think the eyeballs on the outside go, <laughs> but maybe not, yeah. you know, maybe not, yeah. maybe Apple feels that's important. They yeah. put, they certainly talked it up enough when in the, I mean, I'm surprised they spent a fair amount of time talking about it when they unveiled the product. Yep. Yeah. You know, well, they just, just wanted to kind of. Be sure that uh, each part was mentioned. Right. I think that their, their key, the key uh, thing, the point that we're trying to make, and I think they still are trying to make, is that these are not totally. These are not. They can be sort of VR-ish. You can, you know, roll the little dial and, and and variably tune out the world around you. But that they're really designed for you to be interactive with the world and the space that you're in. Right. And so they're they're augmenting your reality. They are not replacing it and you know when you're uh, when you're on an airplane and apparently in the people who have looked at the um the simulator that's in the developer's kit in in xcode that they do have an airplane mode even so that like you're sitting in an airplane and that the seat back may be you know 18 inches in front of your nose but that that it won't uh register that it'll ignore that so that you can then set up you know screens in front of you at a further distance virtually and uh and that way you can um you know continue to do work or watch a movie or whatever it is you want to do at least for two hours till your battery dies yep yep anyway uh before we move on i want to go back to the the one i saved on the uh, 15 inch macbook air yep uh m2 uh i think this is going to very quickly hit when it's when it's available and i don't know it says it's june already available produced. it, oh, you it was available it the week that they announced it so anyway yeah if you uh, had an apple store you could go down and look at one yeah uh, <laughs> maybe, I've, maybe it's I've, in best buy i bet it, i bet best buy has one on display I, I think from the day they first built uh portable computers that 15 inch had established itself as the standard size and it only the 13 inch kind of came out because those people who had to be on the road in order to get uh, something that was carryable right. want, 
would accept a smaller size. And well, I mean, the idea of a portable computer is you can take it places, right? And if it weighs right. 50 pounds, then you don't want to do that. <laughs> and and but, I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but early ones did. They were suitcases. Yeah. Know? But, yeah. No, you're right. I think you're right. I think 15-inch so, was sort of the standard for, like, a an office replacement laptop. Yeah. And, and then 13-inch was the travel laptop, right? Yeah, and so this article agrees with me. I guess that's why I published it up here. It basically kind of says... <laughs> well, then you're wrong. I'm going to take the other stand. <laughs> anyway, I I yeah. really expect this thing to be a, a hottest thing going for Apple in the computer line. I yeah. mean, every, everything. Yeah. And the, and the reason I say that is most people don't want two computers. They don't want a home computer and a portable. If they, if they really think they need a portable, they'll yeah. get the portable... And it'll be one computer, but it's got to be satisfy them when they're sitting at home too. Yeah, and uh, a fifteen inch will do that. Right. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think that you know I, there was a, there was some some concern uh, in the in the tech media that this was going to really cannibalize sales of the sixteen inch MacBook Pro, but the people who were willing to buy this machine were never going to spend $2,500 for a MacBook Pro. They were just going to settle for a 13-inch. So what this is yeah. going to do is it's going to take a lot of those 13-inch buyers and get a few hundred bucks more out of them because they really want the bigger computer. Yeah. You know. So so this 15-inch uh, sits right be between the 13-inches uh, that have been out there for so long mm -hmm. and the iMacs, which took the large scale stuff that is not portable. I'll, I'll have to work at home because that's what I, I need that big screen, you know? Well, it sits uh, between the two pro laptops, the 14 and the 16 inch laptops, which have that, been out there for a while. That's true. But it's, it's, you know, almost half the price of, of stepping up to the, to the it, pro laptops. Right. Yeah. So, and that's why it's an error. It's, it's going to be their big seller. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, now you, you really go in and the difference between the two is not that much because, uh, the, the M2 air, if you configure it the same as the base model 15 inch air is like $200 difference. And so for $200, you get a bigger screen and a bigger battery, yep. you know, and you go, and, you know, and, assuming that that fits in your backpack, right? Uh, yeah, and, and 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 the reason that I say this is that if if I hadn't jumped the gun and bought my 13-inch MacBook Pro, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is what you'd be getting. I, this is what I this is what I would have waited for. Yeah, you know. But at that yeah. at the time I got it, the price seemed right, and I wasn't sure this was ever going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, the the 13-inch does have a few features on it that the that the more modern laptops don't, you know, and oh, oh, you're right. The pro does. The pro does. You know, I mean, if you like the touch bar, uh, you know that that's why they still have that 13 inch around because there's some people who really want that. You know, yeah. My daughter was one, and I know you like it. Um, yeah. You know, it's I again. I, I've said it before. I think Apple was too quick to abandon that. I think that they they came out with the touch bar at the same time they came out with the really crappy butterfly keyboards. And so people didn't like their laptops very much. And I don't think it was because of the touch bar. It was because of the crappy keyboards. And if they'd have kept it around a little bit longer, you know, they would be they would see that people would still be buying them. And in fact, I mm -hmm. think that the fact that the that they still have a 13 inch pro that, that has them has it on it is an indication of that. People right. are still buying that computer specifically because it has that feature. Yep. You know, so yeah. 
Because, I mean, it has nothing that the MacBook Air doesn't have in terms of of processing power or size of screen. It's, it's the only real differentiator is is that touch bar. Yep. You yep. know? I like that a lot. I do like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. So. You know, it's, it's um, I've never had a device that's had it, but it seemed like an interesting idea to me, and I don't see why it, to me it should be, you know, I, for a while it was optional, and I think they should just go back to that on all of their computers. If you want it, we'll put it on there, and I think some people are going to want it. And you know, you know, it's in every application that Apple writes. So a lot of folks have that code sticking in mm -hmm. their machine, whether they know it or not. Sure. Uh, not that code costs much anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder, you know, I wonder if they're going to continue to write things for that as newer, you know, or if they rewrite apps for the, you know, the, the base apps in the operating system and stuff, you know, because it's no longer a mainline feature in their top of the line computers, are they going to just drop it? And yeah, it depends what they have to gain by it, but, but I don't think they're going to worry about a few bits in the ROM, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be there as long as those computers are supported, you know? And since yeah. they're still selling it, they're going to be supported for, you know, at least another five years, if not, oh, yeah. you know, seven or eight. Uh, you know, because especially the pro line stuff uh, tends to last around, you know, somewhere around seven years, give or take. Uh, yeah. And I say last, they physically last longer than that, but that's, you know, they, they'll be supported with current versions of operating system and stuff for about seven years. By, by the way, I, this morning I did notice that uh, Apple TV now holds 7% share of the U.S. streaming video market. Yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, I was just uh, talking with, uh, you know, with, other parts of the family and and about how how impressed i've been with you know in a fairly short time the the quality and volume of stuff that apple tv plus has put out um i enjoy a lot of their shows and look forward to them when they come out and so um yeah um i'm i'm uh you know i i like i'm glad that they're there and that they exist because I uh -huh. enjoy some of the stuff that they do, and and I'll admit there are there's a a, a fair number of things that they, they come out and they're just not my taste, and so I yeah. just don't watch those, you know. But 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 probably more than just about any streaming service, percentage wise, I like their shows. Uh -huh. You know, I would say probably fifty percent of the shows that I've watched on on uh, Apple TV Plus I've liked, and I couldn't say that near that on on other show uh, other or, uh, streaming services. Well, you know. I, I have I have uh, Apple II as well as uh, I'm sorry Amazon as well as uh, Apple's Amazon Prime. Right. Uh, and uh, I've watched I'd have to say more Amazon stuff than Apple Plus because uh, it's uh, more documentaries and that sort of thing. That's right. my tastes, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, Apple has some documentaries that they've produced or purchased as well. And, and there, some of them are very interesting, but yeah, uh -huh. no, there are, there are still, you know, if you go to, you know, Disney or, or Amazon or Netflix, they still have a larger catalog of things to watch. So it's not mm -hmm. like I don't watch other things, but because they have a larger catalog, the percentage of things that are available on their sites, I, I watch a much smaller percentage of things that are available on their sites, mm -hmm. you know? So like something new comes onto Amazon, you know, it's there. There's a better than fifty-fifty chance that I won't even take a look at it. Versus on Apple, I take a look at just about everything that comes out, and then I'll you know watch at least half of them. I'll end up watching. 
Yeah. Um, you know, at least I have so far. Now, again, as they continue to ramp up and, and pr- produce more and more media, that'll probably become a smaller percentage of stuff that I watch from them just because, I, you know, I only allocate X amount of time for watching that stuff. And by, so, by, by the way, one of the things that interests me is since I have uh, Apple TV and most of its features built into my television, mm-hmm. Uh, whether this upgrade to TV OS is 17, uh, you know, when it finally comes out, will mm-hmm. will be updated, and and I expect it will. It, so uh, TV OS, you know. no, it won't. Um, TV OS is what runs on Apple TV's box. The the Apple TV app is a separate thing, and that is a a an app that also runs on Apple TV box, but also runs on television sets. They may update that, but it's on a separate update cycle it's not the same as the os the os is is what runs on the apple tv box itself so the the app is is uh the apple tv app that runs on your television set is not the same as apple tv's os that runs on the apple tv box box oh okay they are separate things it's just an app and that will be updated undoubtedly but it it's it's not um not the same thing they yeah. cannot be you know they're they're not equal <laughs> yeah so, 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 so now, when you watch when you watch something streaming on apple tv plus do you watch it just from the tv or do you use your apple tv box to stream it well i've got the box side by side with it but it's but my apple tv box is not 4k Ah, but, but the built-in thing in the TV is. is yeah. So then, definitely use the app in the TV because you can right. get the 4K and the better quality. Yeah. yeah. See, I have a the 4K box attached to a 4K TV that also happens to be LG. It's not their OLED one, but it's an LG. Um, and I find that watching using the app or app is not as high a quality experience as watching through the Apple TV box. And so I use the Apple TV box to drive the screen. Probably has to do with the memory. For all streaming. I think so. I think that. I also think, you know, Apple's got a a higher end processor. So just there's less, there's less lagginess, less times where it stops and says, you know, you know, wait a minute, I'm, I'm loading some more data and, and, you know, and that doesn't happen a lot, but it happens enough. Yeah. Yep. So I just don't do it. I have, I have a, uh, a a Roku TV here in my office that also I could stream Apple TV and and Amazon and stuff directly to, but I have it plugged into an Apple TV box and I use that exclusively. I don't. I, it's the TV's always on. You know the set to the HDMI port that is the Apple TV. I'm I'm wondering what the actual features are in in terms of the OS upgrade. Uh, I think they have more to do with this little network thing that they have with everything, you know, for managing our home mm-hmm. than anything. My, home kit changes, guess. yeah. Yeah. You know, they do that. I think they do home kit changes. They do, um, you know, uh, you know, bug fixes and, and they streamline stuff. I mean, you know, all of the apps within the Apple TV are literally just apps. And so those can be upgraded at any time whether it be yeah. the Apple TV Plus app or the Netflix app or the Amazon Prime app or, you know. So yeah. that stuff is less reliant on the OS. I do know that the last version upgrade 
uh, added some some support for some industry standards that they hadn't supported yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, nice, you know, to cover more and more uh, different devices as yeah. and the features, you know, make it more feature compliant. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, what else they're doing on that that uh, has much value other than, like I said, I use uh, HomeKit a lot for a lot of things. I've got a, a, a lot of uh, home automation you know, uh, outlets and things like that in my house. So anything they can do to, um, make the home kit stuff work smoother. Cause to me, it's still, you know, remember in the hobbyist days of computers, when you turned on your computer and it didn't boot, and then you just took that as a challenge and figured it out. And, you know, and you kind of went and things were sort of <laughs> kind of almost reliable. That's where home kit is for me. Um, and it's frustrating because I mean, half the time when I call up the home kit app on my phone, uh, at any given time, I may have 10 or 12 devices that are, you know, unavailable. And then, it, it, then they'll pop in eventually and say, okay, now they're talking. And, and it just seems to be like the most unreliable, un, uh, you know, something that you would that, that you really want to be rock solid, right? The ability to turn on and off lights and stuff. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to one of my um, HomePod devices, and the response is, you know, the device is not responding. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know what? And the wow. thing is, the way the thing is set up, you're it, it's is completely blind, so you have no way of even knowing what to do or how to resolve it not responding. Yeah. You know, there's nothing you can do other than go over and plug, unplug the device and plug it back in and hope that it then connects. And, you know, and sometimes that helps. Sometimes it doesn't. There's, there's yeah. no feedback, no anything. It's just sometimes stuff talks together and sometimes it doesn't. And you're supposed <laughs> to accept that as okay. And, wow. and on any given day, like right now, I will go to HomeKit <clears throat> and, uh, and lo- I'm launching the Home app. And, in, and so then immediately all the stuff pops up and it says updating updating uh so okay so now i've now i've got some of the stuff now says you know whether it's on or off or unlocked or locked uh uh i've still got stuff that says updating you know and it may stay updating all day i have no idea when it's updating i can't turn it on i can't turn it off i can't it's like it doesn't exist and at any given point in time a whole bunch of stuff is just updating or you know or can't talk to it for some reason yeah you know and you go why why is it not working i don't understand and there's there's no troubleshooting there's no log i can't i mean there probably is one but it's not front facing that i as an end user can see so i can't go and and look at the activity log and say oh it's you know it's talking to this device and this error is happening and so now i have some way of troubleshooting there's nothing there's literally Hmm. nothing that i can look at to see that what that what's going on and so, like, I've got one here just says no response, hmm. you know, and I know it's in this one. I know is, I mean, it's, it's a physical switch that's mounted in the wall. So huh. there's like no response. Well, okay. What am well, I supposed to do with that? You know, I can't turn on the sounds, lights in the kitchen because the so, switch so, isn't talking. Sounds like the home system needs some work. Yeah. I've got a lamp that's just plugged into a smart plug. Yeah. No response. You know, it's like uh, on my, uh, I have a cable TV coming in through cable uh, fiber. Mm-hmm. And uh, on my cable TV, uh, I, the other day, I was, I was uh, I had recordings on Sundays that I play shows back. And 
One of them that was recorded, uh, when I turned it on, I usually fast forward to begin with until I get to the show because there's a little segment of maybe five minutes that, that I don't watch. Mm-hmm. And the re- benefit of recording, of course, is I don't have to look at all those damn commercials. Well, I noticed that, gee, the screen is suddenly not much changing much. It's, so I stopped it to see what's going on. Well, it turns out that they were negotiating, I guess, with the company. It, was, it turns out to be Fox, the local Fox channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they uh, just took it off because they hadn't come to an agreement with Fox yet by the deadline. So sorry about that. Yeah. In negotiations. Yeah, that happens randomly with cable providers all the time, and it's yeah. annoying because because yeah, you just get a thing up on the screen saying this one's not available. Sorry. And they usually, yeah. you know, the TV the, the the provider will say it's the TV station that's being awful, and if you find the TV station, they'll say the providers, you know, got ridiculous demands and you know of course they're you know painting each other in the worst light possible and then they yeah. eventually resolve it they always resolve it because they both nobody benefits by by them not being able okay. to see their you know the yeah. you know the 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 TV stations can't afford to lose that viewership which they charge ads against and and the cable company can't afford to lose subscribers who get irritated and say well I'll just go get it over the air. And then they realize, hey, guess what? Over the air is pretty good. Why am I paying for cable? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 Well, I keep threatening to, to work on getting my over-the-air system wired in somehow so I can yeah. do it, use it. Well, but and I you've, just... you've got that that uh, the, the really, really good next-generation TV over the air on all of your stations there. You know, yeah. I get I L.A. L.A. TV stations where I live, and uh, I think two of them support that. Ah. You know, you would think that Los Angeles would be, you know, like leading or being, or at least to have, uh, you know, newest technologies available. But no, yeah. I, could, I, I have no motivation to try to switch to that, you know, next-gen TV stuff at all because it doesn't support it. Yeah, yeah. So. That's odd. Yeah. I guess. Go uh, figure. Uh, you, you'd think that, uh, that there's, there's gotta be a reason for it because TV channels that broadcast, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they've got some agreement with the cable companies that they won't offer it, you know, as it, our, it's the, probably something like that. It's probably something like, cause it's, you know, there's no technical reason other than it does cost money. They have to upgrade their hardware that they broadcast with. So, yep. you know, that. You know, I'm sure somebody's uh, a, a, a pencil pusher somewhere sat down and done the math and said, "Nah, we're not going to go yet." And you know, maybe we're getting kickbacks from our local cable companies to not go do that. Yeah. So we'll just take that money instead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, while while we're talking, I'm reading here that it says Apple AirTag tracks down gravesite thieves who stole sixty-two thousand dollars worth of bronze vases. Now, I assume that these are uh, um, incinerated ashes, right? Uh, you would possibly think that... vases might be used for Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Or are they just but, decorations but then, at funerals? That seems like an you, awful lot. If you dropped a, a, an air tag in a vase, then it kind of be protected from any reception, mm. uh, unless it was stuck to the outside somewhere. Yeah, glued <laughs> the to the bottom, huh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious. I haven't read the article, but anyway, it's kind of. Anyway, police tack, tracked them down. 
But what, how, mm-hmm. how many vases would cost $62,000 unless these vases are a lot more expensive than I yeah. thought? $6,000 vases, so there's 10 of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, yeah. The, it, uh, instead of 62000 I wish they'd just say how many vases were stolen. You know? Right. It's right. like, don't make me try to figure out what the value of a, of a was it bronze or brass vase is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so you put always... an article in about uh, immersive AR experience for iPad Pro brings students creativity to life. Uh, yeah, that is a long article, and uh, and I thought it was interesting because it says uh, what how exciting that this uh, IR is to young kids. AR in, in terms of yeah AR in terms of being creative. And, and just go through and, and kind of look at their pictures and how kids like to see, you know, the reality behind the bushes or whatever it is that they right. painted. Yeah, and, they show a kid holding an iPad up looking at a blank wall. But when you look on the iPad, there's all kinds of drawing and art on the wall. So yeah. it's it's a art, a artificial reality that, that he's seeing or augmented reality that he's seeing via an iPad. Uh, and you can only imagine how that would look if you're walking around with a pair of ski goggles on your face that the Vision Pro is, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, no, that's kind of interesting, um, you know, to see that kind of thing. I mean, I can't see a lot of people walking around holding up iPads in front of themselves, but but then in this picture, they show kids walking around holding up iPads. So, yeah, you know, but, it's whatever you but, get used to. But then when you get down to the bottom here, it says there, it starts talking about something called Deep Field, which is an app or something that's currently available for students and families at the art gallery in New South Wales, Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then if you go down into the comments, I think it is, it talks about uh, following availability in Sydney and Los Angeles, the deep field experience. Yeah, they're saying at the Getty Park. Center in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's where you get it. It says deep field features a multi-channel soundscape of forgotten and extinct species. Celebrated by audio naturalist Martin Stewart, bringing a new appreciation to the beauty of noisy environments of the natural world. Yes, so, go go to the museum and get and listen to noise. So anyway, I I didn't uh, you know know if you were interested in that kind of thing, but it does uh-huh. tell here that it's July eighth until Sunday the sixteenth. So. Uh-huh. If you wanted to catch it, you got six days to go. <laughs> yeah, well, I know I don't know I don't know about the one in New South Wales, but the Getty Center, uh, you have to buy tickets in advance. I mean, they may be available, uh, but you have to buy. You can't just like walk up there. Yeah, that's uh, a long, and it's a long drive for, too. Yeah, it's a long drive for me. It's on the other side of Los Angeles from where I'm at. So over with uh, the view of the ocean. Yeah, so it's it's a ways off, you know, it, through very heavy traffic. By the way, one of the one of the really nice places to visit in L.A. I'll have to say, we spent the better part of an afternoon there one day. Yeah, uh, and really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. If you want a more upscale type of uh, thing than going just going to Disneyland and you know and, and those kinds of things, um, the Getty Center is beautiful. So anyway, an art museum is apparently using these things to to ex- show their exhibits in a new and more exciting way. Uh, so uh, anyway, that was mm-hmm. the real reason that I plugged it in here because it was in L.A. and it had this uh, a- actual app using uh, this thing for families to uh, enjoy 
you know, museum art, I guess. I, uh, mm-hmm. So, so apparently they're saying that you could the the, the two uh, the two uh, things are actually tied together, and that you create within the AR world a an interactive, ever changing uh, artwork, and so you can go in and draw on the walls, and people in in uh, Sydney will see it, and vice versa. Ah. Oh. And okay. so, so that's part of what it is, is that, you know, each, if you were to go back two days or three days in a row and look at the wall using the, uh, AR app on your iPad, you would see different things because people have, and so uh. I think, I think when you draw things, it starts to fade. And so, you know, then the next person can draw on it. So it doesn't stay there permanently in that AR world. But the uh. idea that the entire, uh, thing is interactive is very cool. So it's it's like the old, in, the, in the olden days for the travelers used to, to uh, travel through Wyoming. There was this uh, there was this big uh, soft sandstone rock, and it was a it was a, a that everybody landmark. would stop by and deface. That's right, <laughs> and and it's covered with writings with dates by them going clear back to the early 1800s. Yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, but that's, but that's kind of what we used to do and yeah it is it's funny i i uh recently was over in arizona and in the flagstaff area and went out to walnut canyon and uh as you walk through the uh they've got a a, like a mile mile and a half walk uh that where you walk past a bunch of uh ruins of cliff dwelling uh native americans and you see the the cliff the cliff dwellings and and then there's signage and one sign shows a whole bunch of people in the 1800s basically sitting right where you're looking so you look at it you can see they were sitting there and you notice that the walls and stuff when they were there were much bigger and then if you read it they talk about the fact that yeah back then it was pretty much accepted that you were going to come down and you would walk away with a souvenir and so the places have been looted (laughs) (laughs) took bricks and took took any kind of uh you know artifacts they could find and pocketed them um yeah you know which today you know, nobody would think you about get, that. You'd get if you get arrested. Caught, if you get caught, yes, in a national park, you know, you'd get caught. You'd get in trouble. Um, yeah. You know, and it was just sort of expected back then that yeah, when you go visit these places, you would just take something. So you just, well, you just have to tell the park ranger that you're creating something for the future. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Someday you can put a sign up with a picture of me on it saying, "And this guy took something." <laughs> <laughs> I'm benefiting history here. Yeah. I'm not sure that would, you know, keep you out of a fine uh, and an invitation to leave pronto. So, uh, yeah. by the way, if you've never done that, uh, anybody who's listening, if you've never gone to, um, you know, most people up at the Flagstaff area, they're they're usually uh, it, coming or going from the Grand Canyon, which is just north of there. Uh, and I say just north; it's it's an hour drive north. Yeah. Um, but like literally four miles from the center of Flagstaff to the east is Walnut Canyon. And it's a much smaller canyon, but it's beautiful. And, and uh, there's a bunch of really, you know, 
easy-to-walk hiking paths, so you don't have to be, you know, Joe Hiker. And in particular, you do have to go up and down a lot of stairs because this one goes down part of the way into the canyon and back up. There is a, a walk that then walks you past a lot of these uh, cliff dwellings, and you can see, you know, how they, how they built their homes into the side of this cliff. And yeah. uh, and it's it's really interesting and it's just a beautiful walk and so I, I strongly I re- recommend. That. I really enjoyed it, although I they you can take horses out there too. And not not in that it, canyon. <laughs> uh, maybe I thought it was. Yeah, you, you uh, they did have horse riding other places, but not in the, the, this is a national park and they don't have any horses in there. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, makes me nervous though. Some of those paths, even though they're trails coming up the side, mm-hmm. if you were to if you're unsteady. And you fell over the edge, you'd be in trouble. Oh well, in the Grand Canyon, they've they've had the um, what is it? The mules that go down. You can ride a mule down into the Grand Canyon, and That's yes, right. those the, they don't like to talk about it, but mules misstep and fall. And if you're riding on the mule that missteps and falls, you fall. Um, you know, I yeah, I. I wouldn't. I, I'm not a fan of heights to begin with. So you know, me on the edge of a canyon already makes me nervous. Much less you know sitting on top of an animal. Walking uh-huh. down the edge of a, I would rather walk on myself, and if I slip and fall, then it's on me. I'm I'm not putting my life in the hands of 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 a mule who might just decide, you know, screw it, I've had enough of this life, <laughs> or, or you know, or just misstep, you know. I mean, it just it it happens. Animals stumble, you know. People stumble. Yeah, <laughs> I stumble all the time, which is why I don't go walking down narrow <laughs> paths with you know huge drop offs into canyons. So well, I don't walk well enough to even get up and walk anymore. I, I yeah. mostly ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. so anyway, this AR thing like looks like it's interesting. I in reading in there too, the the uh the uh uh Tin and Ed is the the, the two guys, uh uh Tin Yuen and Edward Cutting that put together the the app and this this thing and apparently they had done something else at the Getty previously. And so it sounds like they're going to probably have a continuing relationship and these kinds of things will be continued and expanded. And I'm sure when things like Vision Pro become more and more uh, pervasive, they'll support that as a means of going and seeing and doing as well. Of course, the cool thing about that is, is that then you can go see and do without actually ever even being there. You can walk through the Getty while sitting on your couch at home if the, you know, assuming the Getty is willing to license that and let it happen. But that's kind of cool. Yeah. 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 So Brad Pitt is doing a Formula One film. Yeah, in fact, you were saying uh, that you like to watch the Apple TV stuff. Uh, It says, first look. And so that was the key Mm -hmm. to this thing. Uh, Because normally, stuff that comes up uh, out of Hollywood requires, it says down here, 30 to 60 days uh, before you can actually get it on these other services. That the, so you can watch at home. Mm-hmm. So the theaters still have their uh, in with a Hollywood crowd. So that sure. this this is not the normal thing. But for some reason, Apple, I guess, got the, because of the AR, uh, I, I believe, got this video first. Right. Well, you know, Apple has bought the rights to several big Hollywood studio films, and and they're available streaming on Apple TV plus and not on, you know, HBO or whatever. Yeah. But almost all of these things, the, the producers involved want to have an exclusive in the movie theaters first for at least a short period of time, because that way then they're eligible for all of the awards and stuff. 
And, you know, they yeah. they're, even though the dollar amounts in theaters seems to be down from what it once was, um, that's not money they want to walk away from, right? They want to put that money out there and then they'll come back and, uh, uh, you know, then they'll yeah. put it on streaming afterwards. It's just the time the time lag between when it's available in the theater and when it's available on streaming has shrunk considerably. I remember it used to be, well, about six months, and then it was like three months after it was in the theaters. And now it's like, yeah, now, you know, now the guys guys with the big bucks are coming in and saying, yeah, hey, I want it now. <laughs> it's, it's in the theaters, and then a week or two later you can stream it. So it's up to you if you want to wait, right? Um so, speaking of which, I uh, got an early release viewing of, um, uh, or I got tickets for an early re- release viewing of the new Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movie, which opens this week. And so, uh, your other son and I are going to go see that tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's we're, been uh, getting a lot of publicity. Yeah, we're going to see it in a in an IMAX theater uh, well, in the area, and... So we just, you know, yeah. chance to hang out and and uh, so we'll probably well, get a, get dinner or something th- beforehand. It's it's a pretty good thing that Sounds of Freedom have have uh, or Sound of Freedom has kind of moved on. Uh, it took took over the whole crowd last weekend. That was the movie that I went to see, and uh, mm-hmm. the main thing that was the big hoopla is it beat out the Disney picture. <laughs> yeah, with Indiana Jones re- remake or serial or whatever. Well, uh, that had already been out for a couple of weeks, so you know uh, it's it's maybe audience it was, was starting to shrink anyway, because it was the number one movie for a couple of weeks. But anyway, that's right. You went to the movie theater recently. That's right. You had talked about. I went, yeah, I went to it the wrong date the first time. Yeah, <laughs> showed up and went. Wait a minute, <laughs> that's not I the movie I wanted my, to see. Didn't look at my ticket. I got in the theater and I says, "This isn't what I came for." Yeah. <laughs> So I went down to complain, and it turns out that I didn't look at my ticket. It, I'm shocked it, that they let you in. That they, you know, yeah. that they scanned your ticket, and, it, and then uh, something didn't pop up and say, "Wait a minute." <laughs> exactly. I, I I thought that too. I said, "Well, why didn't they stop me at the door and say, uh, see you in a week or something?" Seems to me like if you buy one ticket for the theater, you can go whenever you feel like. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, in fact, I could probably take the show on that ticket now, yeah. except I've wiped it off my yeah. uh, Apple coupons or yeah. tickets. I don't know. My guess is theaters have been so empty lately, they, they don't care. It's like, there's an empty seat. Come on in. Maybe you'll buy some popcorn. We'll make some money off you. <laughs> well, you know, there's only one There's only one guy there, and he seems to be busy with other puttering around things. He He didn't really care to scan my thing at all. Yeah. Can I help you? It was like he was going to tell me where to go or something. Yeah. You know? So I think you could go in there and watch any movie you wanted without paying for it. Yeah. Well, and I know, you know, I I don't know adults who do it, but kids would go in and watch one movie and then, you know, instead of leaving, just move to a different theater in these multiplex theaters and watch another movie over there, you know, and never, you could spend all day there. (laughs) You you know, you know, it happens too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. this is this is meant for moral people. Yeah, well, and again, I think from the movie theater's perspective, they're like, we don't care. The money that you pay to see the theater, the movie goes to the to the production company. We make money off the confe- the confections. So exactly. you know, the longer you stay here, we don't care. <laughs> you stay here all day. Keep buying soda and popcorn, and we're happy. Right. Right. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, realistically, the only time they would care is if the theater was sold out and somebody can't sit because you took their seat, right? Then they're right. going like, "All right, get out of here, get 
Get out well, of here, kid. There's always plenty of seats in these theaters anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is these days, I mean, I've, I've been to, you know, I don't know, maybe four or five movies in, uh, in the last, uh, you know, three or four months. And I don't think there's been more than 20 or 30 people in a theater that seats, you know, a couple hundred. Yep. Yep. So. So. Yeah. It's so. it's it's kind of sad when you remember the the olden days when you you really did have sold out theaters, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, personally, as a movie watcher, I am happy to not be in a theater that's so packed. And in fact, I have uh, gone to like early showings and you know IMAX showings because they cost a little more, just because there wouldn't be as many people in them. Um, well, but I don't want them to be so few, so so sparsely populated that they go out of business. You know, yeah. I want, I want the theaters to stick around cause I like going to the theater, you know, there's, it's a nice experience at times. Well, so. I, 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 I'm at the age where I've got to have the pause thing so I can make, take a bathroom yeah. break every once in a while, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I always intentionally don't sit in the middle of an aisle. I sit on the ends because yeah. that way I can get up and get out without stumbling over people in the dark. So yeah. for the same reason. So is this, I'm looking at this thing. It, it almost looks like it's a documentary, but apparently it's not a documentary. It's an actual like feature film. This, this, uh, Brad Pitt movie. Oh, the Brad Pitt movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I think it is a feature film, but I, yeah. I don't, it doesn't say much about the picture. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just, doesn't even say when it's going to be released. Does it? Oh, in June of 20. No, that was reported back then. That was June of 2022. I don't know. No, July sixth is when this oh, article was written. Right, but it doesn't so, say when the movie's out in the theater. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, it really doesn't tell you a lot. They're just talking about the business deal behind it that's unique and different. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood Reporter article. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Confidential uh, information. Uh, store confidential information securely with secure notes in Keychain Access on your Mac. I never thought of any anything other than just uh, 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 that the keychain was, you know, handy access for the uh, secure uh, online logins, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's what it was there for. But now you can apparently just type whatever you want and store it also in that keychain access. And yeah. there was another thing here that I thought if you're going to do that, they suggest uh, Mac daily news suggests that you just, uh, Pull the uh, thing down to your, drag the keychain access from the applications file and put it on the dock. So it's just a click away. And now, now it's easier to use right. and you can pull it up and move something in there if you want, to, you know, secrets. Yeah, I had seen this once password. before, but it's not something that I've used a lot. But within keychain access, everything is encrypted in the secure enclave on the Apple chip. So it's yeah. Now uh, I think the reason they did this, and I don't know how much you probably wouldn't want to put large things in there, but small bits of information maybe. Uh, but there was there's a, some of the apps on their website that will allow you to, to to do this to put anything you want, not just keep you know mm -hmm. the uh, access codes yeah well when, when you when you launch the app the keychain access app there's a menu that says all items passwords secure notes my certificates keys and certificates and mm -hmm. and for me the only one that has anything in it is passwords but i you know there's a little uh button you can click on that's create a new keychain item 
and you know whichever uh, of those those silos you're in, uh, you can create your keychain item for that silo. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's it's good to know. I just thought that yeah. was kind of an interesting thing because I was familiar with the concept because I have a uh, another encryption thing for storage, an app that I had downloaded a long time ago, and I'm trying to remember the name of it right now. Let's see if I. Well, I can't. Oh, here we go. Let's see. I think I've got it in the toolbar here. Somewhere. Oh, I haven't used Somewhere over the rainbow. Well, I guess I haven't used it in a while. <laughs> and if you did, you uh, probably forgot the password, so everything's lost forever. No, no, no. I, I, I remember the password because I, I, I did too much work to put stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, I used to have an app like that that encrypted stuff on my iPhone where I kept like a list of passwords and things like that, that I didn't want the world to see account numbers, things like that, you know, and that's what it maybe is good for. So you have one place that has a list of like all of your account numbers and things, you know, that you, you don't want necessarily to be public image of, or public knowledge if somebody somehow hacks into your machine. Oh, I know it's so. not, I didn't put it on this computer. I could have it so that I, I had it connected to my iPad, but it's on my iPad. Uh-huh. That's the problem since I was, I'm a prime, as I haven't told you before, I'm primarily an iPad user. <laughs> right. Yeah. And this so. is a fairly new computer and I just haven't got it over here yet. Yeah. I need, I need to do that. I like to have two places, uh, or if I can do it one place, I can do it in both. Yeah. Hey, I did something new the other day. I, um, have a, uh, I had an email that I'd used for quite a while that was being hosted and I had a website hosted with somebody and they, they changed their email program and they wanted a lot of money to keep the email alive. And I said, well, I don't want to spend that much money. So I ended up moving my email somewhere else. But in the meantime, I realized that my iCloud keychain was using an email that was one that was through this third party email client. And so mm -hmm. I said, you know, I'd rather my iCloud account be on, my, you know, iCloud email, right? Because I would rather yeah. that be one that, you know, it's an, that's not going away because it's part of the deal, right? So, um, so I went and found out that, you know, it's not that hard to go in and change your email account for iCloud. Uh, it's like admin.icloud.com. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that you can do to administer your iCloud account. And so I went through that process and switched emails. Yeah. So, but you can you can also go in and see how many devices are, are on your iCloud account. I found out that a couple old devices that I don't even have anymore were still on my iCloud account. So I went and canceled them. Huh. You know, got rid of them. Uh, an old Apple Watch was still attached to my iCloud account. And I don't even have the watch anymore. So it was like, okay, I, you know, do a little house cleaning. Yeah, you know, that's something that needs to be cleaned up uh, as a part of the uninstall when you do that on, on a device. The first thing yeah. it should be is to detach itself. It probably is if you actually go through the, the bother of uninstalling. I think sometimes with old stuff, you get the new stuff and you activate it, and the old stuff gets stuffed in a drawer, and you never really do anything with it. It just sits there. Well, you know? yeah, only if you trade it in, which I did recently. Right. I tra traded my phone. So right. you want to be sure to reset it then. Right. But when you when you when you do that, Apple walks you through how to deactivate that phone from your account and and get it, you know, off. 
Yeah. So that is probably less of an issue than than like watches and stuff. I think watches is the one that always comes to mind. And you know, in the day, iPods, right? You know, you yeah, you didn't do anything to disconnect it. You took the old one and tossed it in a drawer and played with the new one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you get excited about it. Yeah. In fact, I, I almost forgot to send my old watch back. I had the package here, but it didn't allow me to do it to right. write uh, right away to get it all done they're going to bill and, you for the uh privilege yeah, of keeping an extra one huh yeah and I, and I think i was up pretty close to the deadline for getting it turned in well i had to take it to fedex then because they give me the pen mm. you know thing that covers the postage and the whole bit yeah but anyway i uh, i i don't use fedex that much nor do or any of those kind of services so i always forget where they are in town i had to look it up yeah like where do i take this stuff yeah yeah anyway uh the last two things i put on here are reviews of something that i ran into called p cloud and mm-hmm. it has quite a few features that are are kind of interesting for somebody, if you want to use storage, the primary one that got my attention is they're very competitive uh, with iCloud in terms of, you know, if you expand, which uh-huh. I do, I pay it quite a bit extra. Uh, but, you know, this uh, may have enough features that it's worth going after, even if uh, if it doesn't work maybe quite as conveniently. So Mm -hmm. I I thought I would bring it up because it's obviously been out there quite a long time. 2013. Uh, The other thing I noticed is that uh, the reviews, uh, that one covered a lot of things that the other one didn't. So uh, uh, in fact, I went went through that. So that second review I thought was a more complete one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And both of them covered a lot of the same stuff. But you might get something out of when you look at a review. It all depends on what the reviewer knows and how long he's used it, and yeah. all that. You know, uh, like one of the verdicts here on the final summary of this second review: encrypted files cannot be shared. The free version has pretty limited features. Well, really, uh, that doesn't tell. They always do. The firm can let the authorities gain access to customers' files if used. Well, that's true of Apple iCloud, too. Yeah. You know, they didn't mention, they're not comparing it versus another one, but they should be. I wish I had found, and maybe I can find, a P-Cloud versus iCloud and see what somebody says, you Uh know, because most people use iCloud. I mean... Just, well, the Apple people do just because it's it's the easy default, right? It just right. integrates right with your system, and you don't have to do anything. You That's don't right. have to have some other app, or you know, it just literally everything runs off of that. So, but all of those Apple add-ons to the cost of the uh, product is how they really make their money. <laughs> yeah, you know? well, App, Apple's you know services bottom line keeps going up, and that's because you know more and more ways to subscribe and get money from you regularly, right? Every month. Well, well, and the gold mine, of course, is just the amount of storage. You know that doesn't yeah. cost them very much at all for what right. they charge you. Yeah. So uh, now the, this guy gives you a lifetime prices too. Yeah. So well, uh, iCloud also tops out at two terabytes. So. Oh yeah, you know, so, it, which you, sounds like an awful lot, but if you've got a family sharing photos, you know that number gets smaller and smaller all the time as people keep shooting high res video and taking you know 
14 megapixel pictures. And, you know. Well, and, and I'll tell you why I uh, really put this up in the first place is that I'm of an age where if something happens to me and if I have it backed up with you under a family plan, right. then maybe you can access all this stuff. Yeah. Well, you Apple know? does have that that thing too, where that you know you have a a designated person who can get into your iCloud account. Yeah, you know they have to show like a death certificate or something to do it, but they can you know get there eventually, uh, so you don't lose all your family photos and things like that. So, yeah. So you know, I wonder too. You know, there's a lot of people who have like a family account, and one person is the person who who owns that account that like everybody listens to the music and stuff on, and or the movies that you've purchased, right? You've bought movies. So what happens yeah. if that person passes? Then does everybody in the family lose access to all of the movies because they were all bought by you know Bob? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I. I seems like, you know, if I'd have bought them all on DVD, they would all still have them. So how come if I buy them online, they don't, you yeah. know? Well, it's a, it's a DVD that has a lifetime, limited life. Yeah. So you yeah. got to buy insurance policies on this. That's the next thing the insurance companies will get in the game, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they're going to come in and say, hey, guess what? For only a small phenomenal fee, we'll guarantee that you will have access to these <laughs> movies forever. Ever yeah. and ever. You can hand them down to your children's children's children. They'll yeah. be all watching them with a pair of ski goggles on their face. Well, see, there's an opportunity. See, we could go pitch this idea. I think we just did. Yeah. We're not supposed to do that until you have it protected, though, right? Right. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah. It's like, hey, I've got, a, I've got a, uh, a relative that's in the insurance business. I need to talk to him about this. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a new opportunity for you. Yeah, you can insure anything anytime there's risk, man. Yeah. You just say, what's the risk? And what's yeah, the risk? see, that's that's insurance. I mean, I guess it's, it's like life insurance, right? There's there's not really a risk. There's a guarantee. It's a limited it's a limited thing, <laughs> you know? Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, there's a lot of companies out there that, that provide uh, storage at different fees and plans. And, you know, and I think that if you have a specific need for that, then it makes sense to do that kind of stuff. For the mm -hmm. average person who's using an Apple device, iCloud just makes too much sense not to use. Um, but if you have specific needs outside of what Apple does, then certainly you look at somebody like a pCloud or like, um, you know, I had talked about that I have an alternative backup. I use Backblaze as my alternative backup to iCloud. So I have iCloud, and then my my main machine is then also backed up to Backblaze. And that machine has, you know, a the full copies of all of my photos. So if anything ever happens to my iCloud photo library, I have a full copy of it physically on one device that's locally here mm -hmm. and backed up to a secondary offline device or, or internet-based device. So, so you know, I've got three copies of everything just to be on the safe side. Yep. So, uh, although I've got to say I have been in, in hard drive purgatory lately. <laughs> I won't say hard drive hell, but... Oh, I, that's I, right. I, you, you ha I remember you were so happy with that, uh, uh, what's, who's the maker of the, your, your, 
your backup? Uh, well, one of the devices that I use for backup that I that my photos are on is a company called Drobo, who just Drobo. Went out, they just That's went out of business. Yeah. The device still works just fine, but I did have a drive fail in the device, and and it's it's redundant. So I had pulled that out, and I had a spare drive available, and stuck that in, uh, and it took. Um, like 160 hours to to, <laughs> to eventually you know balance everything and get it fully backed up and protected again but it did that and so it's it's working and just fine and that's where my uh my photo library exists um i also have a a network attached storage a synology server and i found that that one was at its physical limits in terms of the amount of space available on it, because I use that to do backups, to do the um, uh, uh, time machine backups and stuff from my machines here at the house. Yeah. And uh, and so I needed some new storage there, so I bought hard drives to replace the... Uh, I had four gigabyte hard drives, and because when I bought them originally, that was sort of like, you know, four gigabytes you could get for this amount per gigabyte, but when you went to the next size up, six or eight, then that amount per gigabyte like doubled. So that was the, the sweet spot. So this time I got 10 gigabyte ones so that I could give myself more space. And I put them in and it shows on their, on their manager, their storage manager, that I have two 10 gigabyte drives in along with the two older four gigabyte drives. And I'm using their Synology Hybrid RAID, which is supposed to recognize drives of different size and use them, uh, you know, spread data across them and use them. Right. Anyway, yeah. I put the new ones in and it's still treating them like I had uh, four gigabyte drives in there. It hasn't given me any more capacity or any more space. So I still have the same problem. I'm using cool. like, you know, 7.27 terabytes out of 7.64 terabytes available or something like that. Ooh. So it's, oh. I'm, I'm like practically full and I'm like, well, why is it not recognizing that? So I've got to do some research to figure out why it's not using, it recognizes that I have bigger drives in there, but somehow it's not using them as such. And I need to figure that out. Huh? Man, that's the comp that's the company that sold. So there's no technical no, support. No, no, that's Synology, and that's the oh. company that 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 still exists and and is is apparently a healthy company and hopefully will remain so. No, Drobo's the one that that declared bankruptcy, and they now say that they support a self what was it self support model. <laughs> That's what they how they referred <laughs> it to it, meaning basically, so long, guys, you're on your own. Yeah, sorry, it. we're not going to be here anymore. Yeah. Uh, that was, in fact, that was in the news. I think we talked about it last week. They they basically shut down, and yep. uh, uh, like with almost no notice, and basically employees showed up to work and doors were locked. Yep. Uh, which is well, never pleasant. No, there's there's no good way to do that. You know what? When yeah. you decide you have to go out of business, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a lose lose no matter how you look at it. Yeah. So. It's all about conserving what's still left. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that said, I've been very happy the Drobo that I have has continued to work, you know, for a long, long time. Um, and it did exactly what it's supposed to do is like when one drive fails, it sends me a, a, a warning and says, hey, you've got a drive that's out. And you can hot swap a new one in. And I did that. And it synced it right into the group and said, okay, we're fine. So. Yeah. And on the positive side, using four gigabyte drives, that one I don't have a space problem. I just want to make sure that I have the the, the four drives in in uh, in each or the four gig drives in each of the four bays. Um, 
when I swapped out the old drives out of the Synology, I pulled out the old four gigabyte drive. So I have two more four gigabyte drives that I can stick into the Synology should any of those drives fail. So, yeah, I'm, I'm reading a comment by the way, of a guy who had P cloud and it says, hello, everyone, take care using P cloud to store your files or anything on this platform. They will delete your account without any notification. I had my account lifetime subscription month, months ago. They suspended my account and support does not answer at all. I don't know what to do to get some answers but from them, but because they want, they don't want to answer. In the description, they say it's 100% privacy and protection, and they don't even announce when when they suspend your account. If, well, that's because <laughs> it's private. <laughs> yeah, if, any, if anyone had the same problem and solves, please help me. Take care of where you store your files. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and 500 gigabytes is $200 for a lifetime. Yeah. You know? And so you pay them $200 to be able to get to your 500 gigabytes for lifetime. And then you go back in and it's like, nope, we don't know who you are. We're anyway, not answering the phone. Anyway, yeah. another guy named Mike says pretty much the same story. Wow. Well, that's. So I'm saying, well, I think I'm going to forget about pCloud. Yeah. One that's more vote too, for just using too, iCloud. You do know. you really want to read any further? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All it takes is one or two people who've had. Uh, uh, those kinds of experiences and you go, okay, I'm done. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You got to know who you're doing business with. Yeah. So anywho, I think we've kind of covered most of what I put up there. Yeah. Did you have anything else? I nope. uh, think, think we went through the list. Like I said, I wanted to start off by just, you know, congratulating us for our three year anniversary. And, uh, because that wasn't on the on the rundown for the show, so I just want to yeah. make, make sure I got that in there. Because I was really surprised when I was like walking through, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, oh, we've been doing this a while." By the way, did you read the last wheelless bike thing that I posted just before where we started today? Yeah, yeah, we talked about it last time. Yeah. Well, I didn't have this post up at the time. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Maybe. you did because we were on, we didn't record till Wednesday, so we talked about it. You had found another one. That's actually by the design company that, that designed it, Yanko Design. Yeah. Well, they so actually built it. This one is. Right. They show, they show you how they put it together and all. Right, yeah. So this was not so much a review of it as the people who built the bike talking about it and showing you yeah. how it was done. Still yeah. very interesting. And apparently they've done some other bikes that are also equally interesting. So these guys just are in the habit of making probably not particularly practical or usable bicycles but but yeah. rethinking yeah, just, the bicycle just because which yeah, is cool just 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 a little hobbyist yeah so let's try something yeah yeah and you've got to be pretty decent at doing like you know metal work and and uh manufacturing of these exactly. things to kind of customize how you're going to come up with this stuff but uh yeah he actually cool. he actually made the track out of pieces of a tire that he just cut right off of a, an old tire yeah I think that was in the video. It's not showing here, but uh -huh. there is a video that uh, it's been a while since I watched it. Yeah. But anyway, so it's a little tread. Yeah. Yanko oh. Design, if you want to go to Yanko Design, Y A N K O Design.com, .com. Yep. Uh, their, uh, their homepage shows this wheelless bicycle that's kind of got treads on it instead of wheels. 
Um, and it, I mean, it, like you said, there, we, there were some design issues right off the bat that we both picked up on and went like, well, that's not great. That's going to cause problems. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the bicycle wasn't designed to be practical. It was just functional and interesting, you know. Yep. And this isn't just the first of the attention. Uh, Tension getter. Yeah, right? yeah, and he's gotten a fair amount of you know <laughs> coverage just because you know well on a slow news day why not right talk about something that looks different and you know and it's interesting I, I like that there's inventors out there that are still going and saying well let's just rethink this you know yeah. what if we did this with it instead using this technology that maybe wasn't around or maybe it's not practical but you know let's just try it see can we do that you know that yeah. just having the curiosity to go out and say well could I do this yep. I like that and that's cool. That's what made America great. People yeah. messing around and saying, oh, yeah. well, and the thing about it is that it may not be practical in the use of the way it is, but somebody else will look at this, which will give them another idea of how they can adapt it and make it really useful. You right. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you might find out something like this makes sense in an environment where you're riding around on, say, snow, right? Yeah. And And so you've got. You know, I don't know. Or you could flip the tread around to give yourself more surface area. So instead of just using the end, you could use the long flat side. You just have right. to make it extend down a little lower so that you're not riding on the, you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but that would then give you a lot of surface area for riding on, on snow or ice. Yeah. So yep. who knows? I mean, it's just, it, you're right. It's just one one thing leads to another. So kudos to uh, to Yanko Design for going out and making it happen. Well, in fact, if you just go down, it says carved through summer and it shows this very same thing. A guy is, is got using it as a skateboard kind of a thing uh, in, in sand or something. That That's an ad and it's not the very same thing. That's a, 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 a new wheel and you can go buy those. That's a separate thing. That's an advertisement that's just in uh, the middle of the page. But those are cool. I've seen kids riding those around. Yep. It's okay, just basically I, one wheel in the middle of a skateboard, a big rubber right. wheel, and it's electric motor. Uh, yeah. I've not seen them being used off-ground, off-road like that. I can imagine going back and cleaning your device must be a nightmare if you're riding it through sand. Sand, yeah. Well, Sounds like your lunch is ready, so I think we got to wrap it up, huh? Oh, well, you heard something I didn't hear, but yeah. that's good. Yeah, so <laughs> that's our goodbye music. We appreciate you all for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Have a Bye -bye. good one, Dad. You too, Todd.